Hey everyone, let's give everyone a few minutes to get on. Welcome everyone, let's just give everyone one more minute as we are accustomed to do here. Right. I know we have some busy guests over here. Uh, we'll just do some recaps for people when they arrive late. Hi, Big Will. How's it going? Yeah, good, man. How are you? How are you, Dylan? Doing good, mate. Doing good. Um, so welcome, everyone, to Fat Cats Cafe. Uh, we love interviewing founders of projects, both upcoming and established. Um, and we will be sure to toss out a whitelist spot, possibly two, as well as some catnip during the show. So stick around to the end. Um, today we are joined by the team of Whale Together. Um, and before we get into that, uh, you know, I was like a soft entry. Big Will, uh, how did you get into the NFT space? And um, who else do we need to get to, to give speaking rights to? Yeah, we've um, tried to get Greg up on the stage. Greg's the founder of Wheel Together, and I'll, I'll let him do his, his introduction um, when he gets up on the stage. Um, my, uh, my story is probably similar to a lot of the audience and, and a lot of people. Um, last year, around sort of July, August time, um, just started hearing a lot more about NFTs. Um, I didn't have a cryptocurrency background at the time. Um, most of my time um and the way i got into this was through sports betting um there was a community there that started to transition over to um the nft space and i, I actually just saw it popping up on twitter more and more and more um started to have a look into it and then got involved through a project um called nf teams um, the had a founder who was very helpful with um doing a lot of videos to onboard people so metamask wallet OpenSea account 
gas transactions um, and that was a really helpful way to get into it and I uh, haven't looked back since then. Um, in January of this year, um, for a variety of reasons, had an opportunity to leave my in real life job um, and do this full time. So this is now whatever NFTs is to people. To me, it's my, my full time endeavor, at least for the next few months. Um, that's Fantastic. my story to date. Fantastic. Welcome as well, Greg. Uh, Greg is the founder of Wayo Together. How, how did you get into the space, Greg? Hey, Dylan. Um, yeah, thanks for having us. And uh, sort of a little bit, a little bit similar to to, to Will. Like, I just, um, I think as the as the um, the whole space starts to um, get a bit more recognized and and word starts spreading, um, it was similar in that. Um, I just came across, you know, some information and in NFTs or um, someone rather like doing really well in the NFT space. Um, I've for, for, for a while now, I've um, had a, a large online community, um, which was it, it, it was related to like software deals. So I, I was um, already managing a large community on Facebook with um, software deals and um, someone in there uh, commented about about NFTs, and I had no idea what it was. This was uh, sometime mid year last year, and so I started researching about the space, and and I just gave it a go and went into it. Um, uh, I researched things for maybe two weeks, and then I minted my first project, and um, just fell in love with it, and went you know, all in. And uh, later on, what happened was um, my community in Facebook that, that, that I had been building for maybe about three years and running software deals for startup uh, projects, um, two people from that community uh, approached me and, um, yeah, asked me to come on board uh, to what now is well together. So they, they saw the way I managed the community, the way I, I, I led that community and they, um, they had the technical side of things um, all sorted for, 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 for starting an NFT project. Um, and, and they had like awesome. sort of that side of things, but then they they needed help with marketing and community management. And, and that's kind of how I got started. I, I first spent a few months in the NFT space, you know, uh, trading, just just the the more more of the of the degen side of things, you know, just flipping projects, holding some long term um, and making money and was pretty successful at it. And then I was approached to to yeah, become a, a co-founder in this project. Wonderful. I, I you know, before we unpack uh, what Whale Together is, I, I remember Minting Day because I hadn't heard of your project before. It went under the radar quite a lot. And I remember I was flipping through influencer tweets and uh, one of those that I, I like to kind of engage with is NFT Llama. And I remember on the day of uh, Whale Together Minting, he was posting about it and I started looking into it. And I, I was like, you know, I... I'm, I'm all about education and tools. And I'd been a big investor in um, Fresh Drops and a few others. And so when I 
when I saw that kind of this was an option that would bring down, you know, bring down the price point for people, I was quite excited. And I started telling all of my crypto champion friends at the time and Squishy Squad and Magic Mushrooms. So quite a few of us bought in at that time. Um, and since then, you know, you've been rolling out a lot of stuff. So let's try and unpack. What is the vision of Whale Together? What kind of tools and utility are you already providing? And, and where do you want to go with things? And then I guess after that, we can, we can take a look at the DAO structure because governance is something we're very interested in in Fat Cats. Yeah, sure. I'll, 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 I'll share a, a little bit about, about things and uh, um, I, would, uh, I will let we'll also share a little bit about, about the project um, from more of a, of a community um, standpoint. So the, the, the whole concept of the, of the project was to, uh, to grow together. So that's what, what we called whale together. So we wanted to create a, a space, a community and a set of, of tools and education that would allow the, the, the little guy or the little gal to 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 have a chance um against the whales you know like in so many spaces like in crypto space and nft space and different areas you know stock market and different places uh so much is is um determined by the whales in the space that that move the markets and we wanted to create something that would help the I guess you could say this, the smaller fish, you know, have a, have a chance, uh, have a bit of an edge. So that's what prompted us to, to create this concept of, of whaling together where um, we come together as a community, we provide you with tools and education and, you know, alpha calls and different opportunities that will allow us as a community to, um, have some impact and 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 be able to operate as as a whale, but you know, uh, as a community. So we we have a really strong community of holders that we tend to mobilize together a lot. So in the past, for example, um, I made an alpha call in the group of of, of a project that was flying under the radar even more than you know, what we were flying on the radar project called Fertile Goopies that um, no one knew about and I had been using for a while. They had literally just minted, I think, 80 NFTs out of a collection of a 1,000. It's a small supply. Um, so literally, for example, in the group, it, it, it's a project with a lot of utility and, um, and um, I made a call and, you know, within that day, like all 1000 NFTs were minted. So things like that, it's, it's not that we're doing like group buy stuff or things like that, but uh, I'm just trying to give you an idea for like sort of the power of yeah, the, totally, of the community. Totally. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I so, mean, so that's that, sort of the, the concept. Sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's what has always attracted me to you guys as well. Um, you know, like in fat cats, our, our slogan is fat cats, Richard together. Uh, because we like the kind of the play in words that we, you know, enrich each other as a community and can support each other and give each other offer tips and ideas and education. But also uh, there is such a thing as the NFT middle class, right? And 
I think that way altogether is appealing to that too. These are, you know, from what I've noticed from the communities, just its discussions, these are smart, hungry people, but they may have arrived after Board Ape and just can't afford some of those blue chips or they, you know, just never had that kind of means, right? They, they just are on a smaller budget, but still want that kind of offer that we can get them and uh, the whitelist spots and, and having other people that they can hash ideas with. But I think what really separates Whale together is its tools. Uh, because, you know, most projects, it's almost becoming the meta right now to have, you know, whitelist marketplace and quality offer, right? It's almost like a, a, a standard expectation of a quality community. But you actually do provide some practical tools. So let's actually talk about uh, the bot tools that Whale together provides. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, we, we, we wanted to give people um, immediate utility. So when uh, after Mint, we, after, like maybe like a week and a half later after Mint, we uh, launched um, our Rarity Rankings and Sniper tool that uh, was only reserved for holders. So um, all our holders have access to, to our Whale Sniper tool. And it's, you know, if you've been in the space and you know other tools, it, it's, it's a similar tool to what you would think of, um, of something like Cyber Babies or, um, you know, Super C, like all these Chrome extension tools that provide uh, some rarity rankings and some sniping features. So, um, again, going back to that, that concept of, of, of helping the little guy, we wanted to create something that, like you said, that was affordable, uh, a good enterprise for people. So, so we minted at a 0.077 ETH, which was kind of crazy for, for the fact that we were providing a tool um, where, you know, everyone else who's minted, like any other competitor, like tools were around one ETH. And, and when they minted, they probably would have minted around 0 0.2, 0 0.3 ETH. So, yeah, we just wanted to help the little guys. So at the moment, the tool has a few features. So it's the, the rarity rankings. Um, the, the tool gives you as well visually um, a collection of top traits. So when you're on OpenSea, you can see the, you know, you can fetch rarity rankings and you can see visually as well, like the top traits of that NFT uh, without having to go into the, the actual listing. Um, it provides as well uh, some quick buy buttons. So people love to use these ones when they're on the activity page on OpenSea. When you go to a collection and you go to the activity page and you search, uh, you sort by listings. So then people, as soon as they list something and you can see, you know, their the ranking might be a, a rare one and they list it at a floor price or something like that. You have like a quick buy button that you click it and it will pop open your MetaMask account for you to confirm the transaction, but um, it, it provides a, a quicker purchasing experience. So you don't have to click through to go to the listing and then go and click the open C buy button. This provides a buy button directly on the activity page. Um, people love right. those ones. So you can, you can set a gas preset for it as well. So um, what the gas preset does is that, for example, if someone clicks to buy the um, NFT at the same time as you, but you've set 
a slightly higher than usual gas preset, let's say you set it at like, you know, the gas at the time might be 50 guay and you set it at like 150 or something like that. What it means that if you or and the other person click the button to buy at the same time, it's like you will have like a mini gas wall where because you have a slightly high gas preset, you will buy instead of the other person. You will win that purchase because you have the high gas preset. Um, and we have like a widget on the extension that it tracks the, the gas prices live. So you don't have to go on another website or use another extension to, to track gas prices. So that's what we provide right now. Right. And within, within about a week, we will release floor prices. So then the, the widget, the tool will show you floor prices. So you don't have to go look for the floor price. Um, and what's up next after that is mass bidding. So you'll be able to bid on multiple listings um, quickly. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I do think, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's, I guess, pertinent for me to say that most of the, of the rarity tool projects that are providing things are competing, right, and offering similar services. I mean, I own a few, you know, I, the, the, the founder of Fresh Drops is on our advisory board. Um, and what I think is, is so important to state over here is, you know, as everyone is rolling out similar tools and the competition for kind of rarity sniping uh, goes into effect. Um, price does matter, right? And as you said it, you know, Whale Together is not a subscription model. You own it for life, right? And the floor price to get into Whale Together is much, much lower than some of these other OG tools. Yet from what I can see, you're offering at least comparative value and are committed to kind of rolling out more and more tools. So I, I think that, you know, that's the main sell right now. Because, you know, uh, as I said, there are, you know, there, we, there is kind of a heavy competition on the actual tools themselves. I, th I think that's fair to say, right, Greg? Yeah, I might just jump in there, Dylan. I think um, one of the things with Wheel Together, um, we've got a large community of holders, 4,700 token holders, which is a little bit different than the audience would know if you're in any kind of alpha group. Um, their token size is often quite considerably less than that. And I think that Correct. does affect supply and demand and therefore floor price and, and how much you buy in. So whilst we are similar in terms of what we offer, um, the price in terms of um, an entry point with having that many people and that many tokens, um, we're able to um, offer it a bit more competitively just by the fact that we've got so many tokens available. We have um, over 7,000 um, tokens in, in circulation so people can access the tool readily. The thinking behind that and the whole ethos goes back to what Greg said around wheeling together, being a community. Um, one of the things Greg and the team found whilst they were researching the project is that there are a lot of people out there who can afford access to this tool or these other tools, half an ETH, one ETH, two ETH, um, but it takes up a lot of the liquidity. Um, but also there's a, a risk associated with holding something to that value, um, in the liquidity argument is is real you know do you want to hold on to something for one or two ETH when you can be using that money elsewhere and i think we've solved that problem at wheels together you know we're, we're not trying necessarily to compete um with some of these alpha groups um nose to nose because we're, we're a different type of offering but you're right that that opportunity to buy in at that lower price and have some functionality in, in the tools is is really what we were looking for 
Yeah, very well put. And, and I, think, I think there is a, a room for both. You know, again, the tools themselves aside, but the actual communities, there, there is place for a elitist offer community. You know, there are a few of those. I mean, Kongs may have never endeavored to be that, but they've become that. Um, but there was always place for kind of, I mean, I don't want to call us IKEA, but at least, at least for the middle class, right, so that we can whale together. Because I, I did get the sense before whale together happened that it was almost kind of a, a, a snobbish known secret, right? Like I often used to see in some of these sniping tool groups as a holder that they were kind of hoping that the majority never found out about these tools because that extra two or three minutes that they had as an advantage when reveal was going on was how they were making so much money. And, um, you know, by bringing these tools to the majority of people, it, it, it gives a lot more people an opportunity. And you know what, the more people that succeed over here, uh, the more they tend to stay and stick around and grow with us. So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, go Will. Yeah, that it couldn't have said it couldn't have said it any better. I mean, we're not we don't we, we didn't pitch for that space. We generally came into this just wanting to offer something um, with a point of difference. But um, I can imagine there are some people out there, and I think with with Will together, we um, we're slowly building in the background. We were blown away by um, the interest and and sort of the way that you got to hear about us, Dylan. Um, that organic sort of nature of how the word spread on Mint Deer, we, we were blown away by that. And in all honesty, we, we are continuing to build. We don't necessarily shout from the rooftops. We've got a really strong core community who are backing us and supporting us and have been very loyal. Um, but as more and more comes together, um, hopefully more people will hear about um, Wheel Together. And you know, we're going to start doing more, more chats like this, partnering with people who are active in communication in this space. So... Um, we will get the word out there eventually, but we're still building. Yeah, well, you know, that's the kind of the, the silver lining of a bear market like this, right? Uh, people start to focus on education and, and looking at teams more seriously. When everything was just about hype and flipping, you kind of don't really have to look into projects because you're not intending to stick around. But now that that is moving and changing, uh, I think we're able to see who the real builders are in the space. And so it's changing the paradigm. And, you know, I am seeing groups like Whale Together and Squishy Squad getting much more attention because they've been consistently offering what they promised they would offer, right? Like which founders are here when, you know, when, when things are not going as planned, those are the founders you want to be investing in, right? Um, okay, so um, for all of those who have just joined, we're, we're joined by the team today of Whale Together, and we've been talking about their sniping and rarity tools. Um, we're going to open up to questions soon, but I wanted to ask you both. There is a controversial debate, and it's an ongoing debate, and I don't think we'll get to a, a conclusion on it, but how do you view rarity? Because one of the things that uh, Captain Bad and I, the founder of Fresh Drops, always go on and on about is I... I'm, an, I'm a rarity maximalist. And by that, I mean, I want the data to be kept honest. And one of the things that upsets me so much about rarity.tools is that because the founding team uh, or the project team are the ones paying for the, for the score, they are allowed to curate it. They are allowed to window dress it. And for, for people who don't know necessarily what that means, that means that they are allowed to tell rarity.tools how to arbitrarily weight what traits have importance? Uh, and it pisses me off. 
<laughs> how do how does rarity? Well, well, oh, I should say the other side of the argument. But the flip side of that is, look, we, you know, rarity is something that a lot of people look for to make money, and um, and so it's like, well, if the free market sees things as valuable, well, then okay, then we just have to do that. So, how do you do? You have enough options in place to give people the real rarity or the curated rarity? Yeah, so this this is a really tricky uh, question to answer, and the the main reason for this is that you know coming into the space as a as a newcomer, um, we had uh, we had our, our own algorithm for for rarity, and we were fairly happy with it. Of course, there's you know when you're coming into the space and you you've just launched, there's things that that will be improved over time and and whatnot. So we we knew there needed to be some improvements, but something we came across with, you know, most people is that is that most people wanted their rankings to be similar to what the other tools were doing. So like Rarity Tools, um, Rarity Sniper. And, and, you know, all the ones that follow, like Trade Sniper, Rarity Sniper, they, they all try to follow Rarity Tools, Rarity Sniper. So um, what we found was that, you know, we for some things, we were similar to those tools. For other things, we were very different because we had um, our own algorithm. And, um, and, and, and Rarity, to a point, is, is quite subjective. So, um, you know, each each person will think of rarity as slightly different. So what we found was that holders really wanted uh, their algorithm and their rarity to be similar to those other, I guess, tools or websites that were leading the space. So... I mean, we can call them out. Rarity tools and rarity sniper. Those are the two that people... Yeah, yeah. Rarity tools and rarity sniper. Um, But... So, so we we decided we made the decision to um, tweak our our algorithm to be more similar to those tools because those like Rarity Tools and Rarity Sniper are leading the market. And then when people are trying to, you know, being a sniper tool in a in a Rarity tool, um, people are using your tool because they want to flip. Normally, it's 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 you know they they want to snipe something. Uh, a knee floor price that's rare that they can sell for a quick profit. So um, we had to adjust our, you know, compromise and adjust our algorithm to, to mimic those, those guys in order to provide our holders with their best chance at making a profit. Um, and it was something that we had to pivot. It was something that we had to adjust, but we're not, we're not scared of doing that. We're not afraid of, of, of adjusting if the community thinks is is the best. Of course, there are decisions that we make as a team that we feel is the best for for the future and the longevity of the company and whatnot. But then there are other things that you know we're happy to listen and to adjust as the community sees best. So in this case, we had to like I'm I'm sort of I I, I agree with what you were saying before you know like sometimes like it also pisses me off that those guys set the pace for the for the market but uh, because they're so big and followed by so many and you know people will normally be looking at those 
guys for 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 rankings for for rarity um you have to kind of line up a little bit with with them to to have a similarity to to their algorithm so um yeah that's that's kind of what we went with and uh but then again like you said you know and this happened to us right we we released our, our official ranking with with rarity sniper and people were using like trade sniper or rarity sniffer to snipe our own collection when we launched and you know then they were disappointed that those you know rarity snipe sniffer and those guys were not showing accurate results because they were not the official ranking and it's it's exactly what you say like you know uh collections like project uh project founders when they go to rarity tools they they're able to say like, "Hey, adjust this or adjust that." So um, it's it's tricky to always get it right, and there will always be edge cases where, you know, the the project founders they told, um, you know, Rarity Tools or Rarity Sniper to do something slightly different that goes against the grain, and that will always happen. So you can't get it one hundred percent of the time right, but you know, as long as you get it most of the time right, then you're good. Yeah. And, and for those who kind of, you know, I mean, I, I won't go into a deep dive over here, but the key core, three core things we're talking about over here is when it comes to something like rarity tools, let's say there's a green background and the founders of the, of the project think that that green background shouldn't be that important. And so they, even though there's really only, you know, um, kind of five of those green backgrounds, and so it should be important, they will get it weighted so that it doesn't show up in the top, top whatever. Um, but in, in normal circumstances, when there isn't tinkering, really what the big debate boils down to is what's called trait normalization. And um, if trait is itself a, a rarity aspect. And so in other words, what's called everyone loves a clean one is almost what the people desire as a rarity trait in some cases. So in other words, if, if, if the average in a collection has six to seven traits and your one only has four or five, is that a rarity trait itself? That's question number one. And then the second big question is what's called trait normalization. And trait normalization is the aspect of, let's say you have a fancy hat and there's only two others with that hat. That is quite a rare thing. However, if there are a hundred hats in the collection and every one of those hats, different types of hats only has two, then Having a hat itself is not that rare. And this is what has got everyone back and forth in this big debate. And what I'm seeing with some tools now is they allow you to see the alternative rankings, right? That is how Fresh Drop has handled this because we drive our founder crazy over there. And so that's how they're handling it. Is that something you guys want to be doing as well? Like, you know, I, I know that you mentioned, Greg, that we can select by certain traits, which is becoming popular too, right? A lot of people buy not based on overall rarity, but based on a trait. So for example, if you go and look at Mutant Ape Yacht Club or Board Ape Yacht Club for that matter, you can see that a suit is a very desirable trait despite being far less rare than certain other traits. So is that something we intend to implement for, for Whale Together, the option to see the alternative rankings? So we already have the trait normalization toggle on and off. So this is something like you can easily um, actually toggle on and off like directly 
um, from the listing. So when you go on OpenSea and you see like the items and, and you see all the NFTs there, the whole collection, um, you, you have a setting where you can have trade normalization on or off by default. Um, normally we have it on by default, which is like what most people most people use the trade normalization on. So what you would normally see in the rankings is with trade normalization on, but you can just click directly on, 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 on those uh, listings and you can see the alternative ranking without trade normalization on. Um, so we actually already have that implemented where people can see uh, their tra trade normalization on and off. Um, what you were saying about, you know, uh, trade count, like the the number of of trades, that one is 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 a super tricky one. So like, you know, when I was telling you before, like when we launched and then we had revealed, um, a lot of people were trying to snipe well together um, NFTs using you know uh, a trade sniper or Super C or any of these other tools, and what they found was that. Uh, you know, they were sniping a lot of these so-called naked uh, NFTs, you know, the ones with like low trade count. So a lot of people were sniping these ones, but then when we released uh, our official rarity rankings, the those those low count trade NFTs with that you could say the naked ones with few features, they, um, when we released the official rankings, they were not very rare because here is the tricky thing right so if you if you give trade count a, a really high rarity weight what you end up with is that all your your most rare nfts let's say your your top 50 or your top 30 um nfts in in the in the collection will all be like very simple, right? So then it, it looks a little bit funny when you have a, a collection that has like some really cool traits, you know, some really cool like clothes, some really cool hats or weapons or things like that. So that's where you kind of have to give trade kind of a slightly different um, weight. So what we found, we, we went with Rarity Sniper as our official ranking partner. And what we found was that they gave way too much weight to to trade counts when they did the, their own rarity ranking, right? So it was it was like an outlier. It was like too much. And we asked them to adjust it. So we wanted to give trade count um, some weight, but not so so much crazy weight like they give uh, by default and we asked them to adjust it but they couldn't right the algorithm didn't allow for adjusting it was one of those things where you either go with it or you go without without it having like any weight in the whole collection so we had to like go without it because it was they just gave it too much weight in and their algorithm didn't allow for adjusting that so we when we create our algorithm we wanted to adjust um, we created it flexible enough that it would it would give trade count weight, but not so much crazy weight, but like give it like in a in a very balanced way. And that was an algorithm we were really happy with, and that was what we felt more in line with what it should be. But like I said earlier, 
today, like what we found was that people want it, you know, their rarity to be similar to those bigger tools uh, um, because that's what people are looking for. So it was a really, really tricky one uh, that we just had to compromise with. Yeah, I, I think it's going to change over time because I think, uh, you know, load trade count, or as the expression goes, everyone loves a clean one, is a historical phenomenon of the space, right? In other words, it came from CryptoPunks and Bored Apes. But as we move into the era, I think, of legendaries and um, utilities and different things, I think the new people coming into the space are putting less emphasis on it. I mean, of course, for any of the whales listening, the easiest solution over here is buy a legendary because everyone tends to agree on their ranking. <laughs> but other than that, when it yeah. comes to the 1%, that's when you start to have trouble. Yeah. And you touch on an important point there, Dylan. We, we, we debate, and as you can imagine, as, as a um, as a project like Wheel Together, we debate rarity, my backgrounds in medical physics in the real world, and, and data, numbers, statistics was my life for a very long time. So there's a, a real core data um, definition of rarity, but ultimately in the NFT space, um, you could have the most rare data-driven NFT, but if people like the look of something with a crazy hat or a nice suit, um, that's going to drive the rarity. So there's there is this element of um, project founders, rarity tools sort of moving towards where they think um, the public will like in terms of their rarity. Um, but sometimes the rarity doesn't matter. And as you said, with the board apes and the, the good uh, the example of the suits, it's not the most rare. Um, lazy, lazy lines is another one. Um, there's some non-rare traits in there that have got a higher floor price because people like it. So it's not always the rarity that drives the price. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I worked in the art world for eight years and, you know, <laughs> as Giancarlo says so aptly when I was talking to him, you know, if you're going to be holding something for long term, for the love of God, please like the art because you're going to be seeing it in your, pro, in your open sea a lot. And so I've taken that to heart, actually. And when I'm intending to hold something long term, I usually pay a premium to get something that I find attractive, uh, you know, because I, I do want when I open my OpenSea page to, to like what I'm seeing. So that's, that's the stance I take. Um, I, you know, I obviously don't want to pay too much of a premium. I mean, you know, never take, you know, should always take advantage of the offer tool. Um, but, you know, that's what I do. And of course, there's a new phenomenon as well, as we see regularly with something like creeps, uh, rarity almost doesn't matter at all, except for the legendaries, because people are paying their premium based on how much income it's earning. Um, and I, you know, I, I will look and you'll regularly see kind of top 5%, top 1% uh, in, in a certain color going for less than another color that pays a higher passive income. So uh, it, this is a market that's going to adjust. And I think this is a good segue into what makes well together. Also interesting is we're a DAO. Right. And so I, what power does the community have in influencing the direction of whale together? Yes. Yeah, so at the moment, the, the, the community has, you know, they can, they can voice their opinion and, and we listen at the moment. The, the governance is not, uh, hasn't been set up yet. So um, what we, felt we needed to do was um, after after Mint, we, uh, you know, about two weeks later, we released the tool and we wanted to take a time to really 
build that side of things and to to hire more developers and to build the team and to build the community. So the DAO is still coming and you know people will be able to to vote on things um and and have that weight a lot more um the so that's still not in place to answer your question directly it's still not in place so uh, um you know but people can still voice their opinion and, and we listen you know where we've always been uh, a team that listens and and that's why you know for example it's something like the the rarity ranking algorithm you know people wanted something that was closer to to the popular tools and we we listened and we adjusted and even though it wasn't something we were initially wanting to do but we adjusted our algorithm to listen to the community and to provide something that uh, would be better for them so uh, in that regards right now there isn't an, an official uh, you know structure like a DAO structure for people to vote but that that will come um, our our Long-term vision um, is more focused towards uh, a DAO protocol. So um, slightly different to how you see DAO. There, there will be a DAO like like you think of DAO, but then also a DAO protocol where um, we will uh, create a different token and um, our holders will get uh, an airdrop for that token and then that token will be um, you know, trade it and 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 what what we want to do is really establish ourselves as um, a, a protocol and a place for for uh, gaming asset management. We we have some plans to um, get some play to earn and some um, you know metaverse land and and assets like that, and to also help people with management of assets. And our long, very long term vision is to have different elements to a project that they all back each other, right? So we want to establish ourselves as, as you know, a, a, a place that is sustainable, a project that is sustainable, that will be here for years to come, not that would just be a pump and dump. Or, um, and a lot of people focus on, on the tool, uh, which is fine because it's, it's, you know, that immediate utility, but the tool is just one aspect of it. So... There will be many different aspects of, of our project that uh, people can look forward to um, that, you know, it will all back each other so that we can create a sustainable project. Um, but, yeah, that, that more of a structure, DAO structure is, is coming. Uh, we're still, like, very early. We're only, like, five weeks after launch. So um, we're still, like, putting things in, in place and, and trying to, um, really focus on on the tool and having everything ready to go there before we can start moving on to other aspects of the project. Sure, I mean you know what, take your time, right? Fat cats are all about the long term, and you know, Fat cats is the baby sister of our primary DAO or our founding DAO, Crown Capital. And uh, Crown Capital started about five months ago, and we invest in uh, blockbuster play to earn games. Um, and uh, the whole idea for Fat Cats was we decided that instead of kind of mixing two asset classes, let's spin off a sister DAO so that each DAO can focus on its primary interest. And um, so, you know, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, that you want to build an entire ecosystem. Uh, but let's unpack a few of those things if we can, Greg. So the, the NFT will remain 
the, the will, in other words, will get you some an airdrop of those governance tokens that will come in the future and will continue to get you access to the current tools that we've been talking about, the sniping and the rarity tools. So in addition to that, the coin that is going to be dropped, how, in what areas do you think there will need to be governance? And as you said, as you started touching on, where do you see the long-term future of Whale together as an ecosystem? Yeah, so it, it's, it's a lot to unpack. So I'll, like, bear with me. I'll try to, to um, do it in, in, in a brief manner and um, to try to make it not too complicated. So um, right now, uh, Whale together, we have, we have the tools, the tools uh, aspect. So we have our Chrome extension um, works on Brave and on Edge uh, browsers as well. So we have that tool that um, holders get access to that lifetime. So you you just buy, you just need to have own one NFT and you have access to that. So our NFT actually generates a token. This is a utility token called uh, Moon. So it generates Moon um passively and it's purely utility token so there's no there's no uh liquidity pool for these there's none of that you can't you can't buy it you can't do that so the this moon token what it does right now is it um you have th there's just one utility to it but there's another one coming so the current utility to it is that you can change the name of your NFT. So you change the metadata and then you can, you go on OpenSea, you refresh metadata and it will show the new name of your NFT. You can name it whatever you want, um, uh, which is just, that was more like a fun utility. So the upcoming utility for our moon token, which will come in like one or two weeks, is that we, we get a lot of whitelist opportunities. So we've become like an alpha group. We, we didn't, set the the community our community in that way but it just became that um as people started sharing with each other alpha so we are creating a custom uh system raffle system that will launch yet yeah, within probably within a week um that will allow you to get extra entries uh for raffles for whitelist spots so sometimes you know we get we might get 50 spots for a project sometimes we might get 400 like for example bloodshed bears we got 400 whitelist spots for that and you know about 800 people entered so that was like people had a 50 percent chance to get a whitelist for bloodshed bears um which you know minted at like 0 0.07 i think and then within one hour, it was 0 0.35 or something like that. So that was like a pretty good one. But, you know, other times we might get, um, you know, 100 spots for, for an upcoming project. Or like recently we had uh, Martian Premier League and we got 130 spots for them. And, you know, sometimes what we found is that people who hold multiple NFTs, they wanted a system that they would be able to get extra entries. So we're creating a raffle system that you will be able to buy extra raffle tickets um, using a moon token to get you a uh, better, better chance to, to, to get that whitelist spot. So 
Um, that's a utility for now, but we are we will be creating a new token called WTP. So well together protocol WTP, and that is a protocol. Uh, I don't know if you know Olympus DAO and sort of sure, that sure. that side of things. So yeah, it it it's gonna be different to that. So you know Olympus DAO um, is they pioneered uh, a protocol where you could. Uh, stake your your token and and create like a really high um, APY, like a, an, an annual return. And, you know, the more people that stake, uh, the lower that becomes, but the more sustainable it becomes. And you can create like, you know, an ongoing uh, return from that. So um, a lot of other protocols have launched copying that, um, that system and most of them fail or most of them become pumps and dumps. So they, they do well for a bit and then, you know, people, people that get in early make good money. And then um, after that, people just start losing money and it starts bleeding red and then it never recovers. So we want to create something that's different to that. Something that doesn't offer like a crazy APY, it offers something more sustainable, but something that is backed by real utilities. So what we found is that all these protocols, they're all based on thin air. So like 95% of these protocols, there is nothing really backing them up. It's they've created a token out of thin air and there's no real utility backing them. They're just offering you some crazy APY and everyone jumps in, some people make money, some people lose money. What we want to create is we want to create a, a protocol that is backed by real utility and that offers some sort of return, but it's, it's sustainable. It's not something crazy, it's just, it, but it's sustainable, but it can um, you know, appreciate in value as it becomes more popular. So what, we, what we're looking at doing is... Um, our protocol will be backed by our set of tools. So we have that side of things, right? We have our tools, real, real utility, and those tools will just continue to get better. Um, we will create more tools and, you know, they will continue to get better over time and become more popular. We will at some point create a web app. So similar to what you think of, uh, for example, TradeSnap, they have a web app or Rarity Sniffer, they have a web app um, or like something like along those lines. So we will create that, that our holders will have access to. Um, some very resource heavy features might become available only by using our utility token, Moon token. Um, but, you know, these web app, we might open it up we're still deciding, but we might open it up for um, non-holders. So, like, as our NFT becomes really high value, like if it was to go up to 0.5 or to 1 Ethereum, you know, um, we might create, like, a monthly subscription for people that can't afford the the um, the NFT. Uh, just for the web app, the, the Chrome extension will only be available for um, our holders of the NFT. Um, but things like these, uh, we will acquire, you know, NFT land assets and like gaming assets to 
as the as the play to earn and the whole crypto gaming industry continues to explode, we'll acquire those assets and, and things like this. And we will provide a few a few cool um, utility to our holders where um, we want to create like a play to earn or a rent to earn um, management uh, service as well. So like let's say if some of our holders have um, you know, some really cool NFTs that they just don't have the time to do the play to earn or they don't have the time to do any of that, but they're really high value. We might create a service where we um, allow them to do a rent to earn. So like, you know, we manage it for them just at a small fee and then they get to generate some income that way without having to be involved themselves if they don't have the time. So things like these that we... Uh, this is a long-term vision where we want to create this protocol that is backed by this real utility and, you know, our protocol will be uh, tradable on, on exchanges. So we would hope that as it's backed by real utility and as our project continues to gain more traction, that then our token will gain traction and people will make money and um yeah to go back just before I, I i keep going on for too long um yeah uh, the current holders of our nft project will receive an airdrop and we haven't decided how much it's going to be and it's not going to be some crazy super high amount um because we need to keep things sustainable again everything goes back to sustainability um but they will receive some free airdrop um, based on the amount of NFTs they hold and they can do whatever they want with that, right? Once we launch the protocol, they can stake it or they can sell it or they can do whatever they want. Um, and yeah, that's, that's sort Super, of- No, no, uh, you've, you've unpacked a lot. You've unpacked a lot. So if we can summarize, um, currently you're coming out with, you, you're coming out with your response to, to the marketplace meta, right? I mean, we have catnip, uh, there's, you know, um, wave catchers that we worked with who's created their cocoa on chain. And so the marketplace meta has come out. That's the current kind of utility for, for, for moon. But in addition to that, you intend to come out for, uh, with a protocol token with backed by actual utility, and you're going to be exploring uh, ways to handle play to earn gaming and metaverse land and essentially make us a community whale, as I understand it, which I, I didn't know this part fully. I mean, I'd read the white paper, but this, this is awesome to hear. Um, I, I guess back to my first question, just how will, how will governance look like once we have the protocol in place? Yeah, so... Um... This is also a, a, a tricky one to answer because I find that um, the word DAO gets thrown around a lot and um, people love the idea of, of, of a DAO where, you know, the community can fully decide something. And to an extent, this is possible, but we feel as a team that... Um, it's not 100% sustainable if the community decides absolutely everything. So sure, we, sure. you're preaching, you're, you're preaching to the converted over here. We, we're, yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. So the way we see DAO is a little bit more of a hybrid where as a team, we like, this is the way we see it. 
the people that hold our NFT, they have trusted our team. So they trust our, our vision, they trust our direction, they trust our competency. And what we're thinking would work is that, you know, as a team, we present proposals, right? We, we are the ones, um, you know, looking at the, at the bigger picture and, and with the, that long-term vision. And we present uh, things to, to, to our community and our community can vote uh, for that governance side of things. So, so the community will have um, that governance side of things and, and the, the vote on things. But, you know, it will normally be determined by the proposals that we put forward. And, and that um, there will be things that, are, that can be voted on, like, for example, what, uh, you know, assets to buy, uh, things like these, uh, and, and also related to the direction of, of, of the project. But then there are some aspects that are, like, non-tradable right that as a team we will decide on those and and they're just not up um for vote so uh it, it's one of those things it's a, a bit of a of a hybrid but it it will be a um our our project is mostly mostly community led anyway as it is so we're pretty we work a lot with with our yeah, communities I, so. I can attest to that yeah i can attest to the openness and as i, I was going to say anyway for those listening who would like to kind of take Greg to task in this and Big Will, I mean, go and join the server, get involved in the Discord. The floor price is still very reasonable. And uh, you can totally get in there and, and give your opinions and bring your comments. I see the time and I know you're super busy, Greg. So let's just see if there's, let's take two questions from the audience, please. I'm going to be looking in, uh, in the Fat Cat server as well. But if you'd like to ask a question, please raise your hand. And while we're waiting for that, if you do not yet have a whitelist spot in Fat Cats, uh, please make the peace sign or the victory sign, depending who you ask, and we will, we will draw one of you. Um, in the meantime, I'm also 72H and OX Ape Yacht Club. Please contact me after. We're going to give you 50 catnip each. Um, and one, one whitelist winner is going to be Faraga. Uh, so Faraga is going to get a whitelist. Okay, do we have any questions? No? I think we bored them, Greg. <laughs> I think we, I think we took a good deep dive. Now this was super interesting, and um, you know Thank I you. really appreciate you both joining us. And uh, you know I, I thought I knew the project fairly well, and um, I've learned a lot, a lot more. And so I'm, I'm excited to continue to see where you go, and maybe we'll have you on, you. you know, six months from now, four months from now, and and see where you're up to. Um, thank you, thank you as well, it. Big Will, for organizing this. Um, Big Will and Greg, do you have any final comments? Do you think there's anything we kind of haven't mentioned that you think is particularly important uh, that we should be talking about? I would just um, just add on to the end of the last bit um, that Greg mentioned. Um, we established what we call our pod council um, a few weeks ago where we went out to the community and in a way of keeping ourselves honest, but also from a transparency perspective, brought together 20 or so community members who aren't formally part of the project, but they're interested in what we're doing. They're smart in the NFT space. We brought them together to um, work with us, to offer us their advice, their opinions. Uh, we run a lot of stuff by that, that council, um, which is an opportunity for anybody in the, the wheel together, any token holder can, can put their hand up to be on that. If, the, if you offer um, some 
um, advantage if you're interested in the governance side of things. That is something else that we've we've done to try and bring the community closer to the to the project. Wonderful, wonderful. That's it. That's it. Here we'll covered it, and uh, I think we've we've covered every aspect of it. So I'm I'm happy. <laughs> I appreciate. I really appreciate you having us. And, yeah, uh, there's a lot to unpack, Greg. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. But uh, you know, um, you've already minted, right? So <laughs> I always see this as a meta. Before the mint, people want kind of like a two-liner answer about what the project is about. But once you've kind of, you know, five weeks is a very long time over here. Once you've kind of got to that point, people are willing to. Uh, listen a little bit harder and dig a bit deeper because there's no shortage of smart people over here. There is a bit of an a, a information overload at times. And so people kind of have to cherry pick which community they, they settle in. But I think you will find that everyone listening today falls under the category of a settler. And so we are super excited uh, to see projects like yours being built. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And then tomorrow we have another guest. We have a non-Robin. Uh, a non-Robin is controversially uh, but excitedly trying to um, amalgamate um, uh, alpha data from all different kind of alpha communities. So we will be speaking to them and see how they're going to do that without getting themselves in trouble. Thank you all again for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Okay.